things that have happened to me, experiences that I've had, um, so that everyone has an opportunity to either relate to them, whether it's, you know, because they've experienced something similar, or maybe to just have empathy for people who come from a world that they don't understand. So I really appreciate um, everything that everyone has had to say, whether you agree or disagree, right? The point is to just have a conversation. This hour that I get to spend with you once a week would feel really one-sided if it stopped there. So I love that that's not what it is. I love to read through people's comments and engage in discussion. Um, I get a lot of messages just, you know, via direct message or messenger. So please keep it coming. And, and I thank you for taking the time to do that. The last three months, you know, haven't really been easy for a lot of reasons. COVID-19 kind of came into our world like a freight train, fast and furious. And many of us have been separated from our friends and family. And not being able to see or touch or hold our loved ones has made this already difficult time just a lot harder than we expected, or at least than I expected. You know, there's a lot to learn from this pandemic, but one of the things, one of the biggest things to me has been the importance of real, genuine friendships and having strong relationships with the people around me, the people around us. You know, just calling someone your sister, your brother, your friend, that's that's not enough. We have to back up those words. And when it's not easy to just quickly stop by and see someone or meet up together and do something, you know, some kind of shared fun activity, we don't have that right now. So you really have to work at it. You have to make an effort to maintain all of these relationships while also trying to just live your life. It's not easy, but it's, it's totally worth the effort. Like anything that you are growing and maintaining, there are things you can use to help your relationships blossom, right? Just, just as there are things that can creep in and create a lot of damage to your relationships. When we talked about um, sisterhood a few weeks ago, I likened those relationships to plants, right? So to keep that kind of analogy going, love, support, um, thoughtfulness, care, all of these things in your relationships are like water and sun and food to plants. So if love and support and, and thoughtfulness, if those are all the positive things, if those are the sun and the water for our relationships, then jealousy and envy are the weeds. Right? They start popping up from one moment to another, and if they continue to go unchecked, you'll wake up one day and they will have completely taken over your relationship. If you've ever tended to a garden, um, you know that if you don't take care of a weed problem, the, the weeds will kill your flowers, they'll kill your vegetables, whatever it is you're trying to grow. 
weeds will compete with fruit and plants and flowers and grass and vegetables for sunlight and water and nutrients, right? They'll try to take all of it, leaving the plants to starve and die. So in our relationships, in your relationships, right, you may have a lot of love, you may have a lot of support and respect and trust, all those things that make a relationship great. But when you let that jealousy and envy creep in and they start to compete with all those positive aspects of your relationship, all those positive things are going to end up losing because jealousy is going to take over. You're, you know, we might think, oh, you know, love is the most important thing and nothing can combat that. Nothing's going to beat that. But trust me, jealousy and envy are powerful enough. If you can't shut them down, they will take over and they will overpower that love. They will suffocate that relationship till you reach the point where it feels like nothing can save it. And, and as I was trying to think about what I wanted um, to say about jealousy and envy today, I was you know researching and looking up all this stuff, and I found it so interesting because I think if you asked most people if they considered themselves to be jealous or envious, they would say no, right? They would say, no, that's not me. But when you look at the actual definitions, right? So jealousy generally refers to the thoughts or feelings of insecurity, fear, and concern over a relative lack of possessions or safety. Jealousy can consist of one or more emotions such as anger, resentment, inadequacy, helplessness, and even disgust. That feeling of jealousy, to be jealous, is to show envy for someone or their achievements and advantages. And then we look at envy. Envy is a feeling of discontented or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. Envy is an emotion which occurs when a person lacks another's superior quality, achievement, or possession, and either desires it or wishes that the other lacked it. So Aristotle defined envy as pain at the sight of another's good fortune, stirred by those who have what we ought to have. It's a really just calm. Those are very complex emotions, right? To be envious is to desire to have a quality, possession, or other desirable attribute belonging to someone else. So as I'm, you know, I'm looking these things up, I'm reading these definitions, and it felt kind of difficult to get to the root of these two words, right? 
almost every definition of jealousy references being envious and the definitions of envy refer to being jealous. It's kind of like you're going around and around trying to pinpoint what is, what is it exactly? And I think it's hard to get a definitive description because the feeling themselves are really murky. They are dark and unclear. There's, there's a lot of gray area. And the truth is, you know, many of us can have the feelings described here and choose to do something different with them, right? We can have those feelings and somehow turn them into inspiration or use them as motivations for accomplishing things that matter to us. That's trying to, tur not trying to, it is turning it into something positive. But when we lose sight of that positivity, that jealousy and envy, it just, it becomes really ugly. You know, think about it. So say you're meeting a friend for dinner and they pull up in a beautiful brand new car. It's this gorgeous car, expensive, fully loaded, right? You can have that feeling of, man, that's a nice car. I want to get a car like that. You know what? I'm going to get a car like that. You turn around and you congratulate them and you look at all the gadgets and all the things that it does and you're sharing in the excitement, you know, being happy for them, telling them how much you love the car, you know, maybe even telling them like, man, you just motivated me. I, I need to work a little harder to get that bonus next month so I can get myself a car like this. Right? That's, that's one way of having those feelings. And then if we flip that, if we flip it and say, okay, your friend just pulled up in this really nice car and your mind goes to, man, that's a nice car. I wish I had a car like that. Why does she get to have this car? Actually, how can she afford to have this car? I bet you she can't even afford it. She doesn't even deserve that car. She doesn't even drive that much. Like, why would she spend so much money on this car? That's that same initial thought that took a completely different turn. Not even just focusing on the negatives, you know, about why you don't have it, but actually wishing that this person didn't have it or not understanding why they would dare have it. I bet you if people were honest with themselves, they'd admit that they often take that second route. Because if they took the first route, to be honest, we'd all be walking around in much healthier relationships. And, and this is true not just for material possessions. I actually think it's even more common with those intangible things, right? Those accomplishments, careers, happiness, being in great shape, having great style, having a, you know, a strong family life, having a strong, you know, loving relationship or being self-confident. Those are all things that wake up that jealousy in other people. When you think that you're lacking in some way, 
And when you focus on that one thing you don't have, every time someone close to you has that thing or maybe isn't lacking in that area, something in you gets triggered. But it all boils down to how you choose to process that initial feeling. The initial feeling itself is is natural. We're all human, right? But the thing that differentiates us is how we choose to deal with that feeling. Will it be used as inspiration? Um, Will it be fuel for us to work harder? Or could it be a reminder that this amazing thing is attainable and we can do it too? Or will it be something that just builds anger in us? Eating away at us, forcing us to put that jealousy on full display, be it through words or through our actions. That type of jealousy lives in some people's way of thinking. It's just, it drives them and it breeds this negativity. Hurting the people around them, and and ultimately darkening their own spirits, their own energy. You know, we've all heard that saying that someone is green with envy. And that's real. That greenness, that darkness, it spreads. It spreads throughout your whole body. And you end up lashing out, whether it's passively or aggressively. If you don't get it under control, it comes out. I think the first step in even just combating this is taking the time to analyze your own behavior. You can't address a problem if you don't first take the time to notice it or acknowledge it. A few years ago, I I ended an 18-year friendship over jealousy. I had just gotten engaged to to my boyfriend of nine plus years almost 10 years um naturally right if I was in a relationship for that long you can imagine just how many times my friends and I had discussed my potential engagement for a while it was it was all we talked about right when would it happen why it hadn't happened yet what we would do when it finally happened so when it did I called my friend And I shared this exciting news, you know, expecting to hear her jumping for joy on the other end. But she didn't. You know, at the time, I was on such a high that I don't even think I, I didn't want to delve into the fact that I hadn't received the reaction I I thought I was going to get. So I just kept going with the conversation, right? You know, how happy I was to start this new chapter, um, how excited I was to be marrying my partner finally, how beautiful the wedding would be. After, After a few minutes, you know, she said she couldn't stay on the phone. Um, she had to go and then asked me to just send her a picture of the ring. Okay, not quite the reaction I was expecting, but she wants to see the ring. I mean, she's interested. So I took a quick selfie, smiling ear to ear, you know, with with my hand to my face so she could see the ring, and I sent it. 
So a few hours later, I finally get a reply. And there's there's no mention of a congratulations or, oh my God, the ring is beautiful, which it was, or uh, I'm so happy for you. I can't believe this is finally happening. There was none of that. Instead, she told me that if I planned to have my wedding soon, there were a few things that she would recommend that I do. I didn't fully understand what she meant, but she's my friend. So, you know, if she has some guidance for me or some tips, I just said, sure, you know, what are you thinking? Well, (laughs) you may not believe me, but this is the truth. She sent me a list of cosmetic procedures that I should have done based on this close-up selfie that I sent her of myself. Everything from fillers for my laugh lines to Botox or um, microblading for my eyebrows, um, eyelash extensions, even a chemical peel for, for some dark marks that I had for, you know, from past acne scars. And just like that, 18 years of friendship down the drain. And I say that, you know, I don't want to give you the impression that I made that decision lightly. Like many of you, my friendships are super important to me. I invest time, energy, love, support into those relationships. But sometimes someone does something that you just have to pay attention to. My godmother's favorite quote from Maya Angelou is, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. So in this moment, jealousy reared its ugly head. Right? Like, never mind all the years of... of times that we had been there for each other or supported each other. In this moment, something that was so beautiful, something that should have been so happy, turned sour because the truth is the insecurity over maybe not having had that big wedding herself overshadowed this opportunity to be a friend. To be there for me in ways I had been there for her. Right? And she's not a bad person. She's a beautiful person. She was a great friend for a really long time. But in this moment, she wanted to ruin what it was I was feeling. That was the most important thing at the time. She wanted to tell me that even though everything felt perfect right now, I wasn't perfect. There was a lot about me in her eyes that needed to improve. And I I share this personal story because I think it illustrates a quiet type of jealousy. Right? Have you ever done that? Have you ever rained on someone else's parade out of jealousy? Instead of congratulating them, you felt the need to remind them of a flaw. 
or another area of their life that wasn't so bright and happy. You walk into a friend's home who has redecorated and you say, oh, wow, that's nice. But I wouldn't have painted it that color. I mean, that's kind of old school. But, you know, no offense to you. it, It is very nice. Be honest with yourself, right? If you're really taking the time to be honest with yourself, no one's calling you out. You're alone with your thoughts and you don't need to say out loud whether or not you've done it. But really look at your interactions with people, with the people that matter to you, people that are close to you. Have you done that? You've done it, but yet you don't consider yourself to be a jealous person. You have to think again. You have to look at that. We have to catch ourselves in those moments and stop ourselves from taking this happy time, this happy moment, and using it against someone we love. When someone you love accomplishes something, when someone receives a blessing, it has nothing to do with you. We have to stop ourselves from immediately making it about us and focusing on what we don't have or what we should have. Be a friend in that moment. Show love and genuine happiness for this person who deserves to be celebrated. And doing so will not take anything away from you. It won't keep you from also experiencing that very same accomplishment or joy one day. In addition to like this this insecurity, I think... I think when you look at jealousy or envy, we also will find a lot of selfishness at the core. Only one of us can have this. If you're getting it now, that means I won't get it. How much sense does that actually make? You're letting that insecure child in you call the shots in those moments. But not everything is about you. Think about it, right? What kind of friend are you? Are you the friend who always finds a way to insert yourself into someone else's story? Someone you love is celebrating a new promotion? Are you the one who says, wow, you got a promotion? That's so great. But hey, I've been meaning to tell you, they're giving me so much more responsibility at work. It's like my boss really depends on me now. Um, okay, that's awesome. But what does that have to do with my promotion? That's jealousy. If you let it, it will infect all of your interactions like a cancer, like a cancer, it will spread. And if you let it go unchecked and and it gets to stage four, then there's probably little to no hope for that relationship. And we have to understand that it's not just a cancer to the relationship. It's ultimately a cancer to you. I found this great quote by Astrid Alada who said, I've spent most of my life walking under that hovering cloud jealousy whose acid raindrops blurred my vision 
and burned holes in my heart. Once I learned to use the umbrella of confidence, the skies cleared up for me and the sunshine called joy became my faithful companion. If you're letting jealousy and envy control you, there's no room for you to truly be happy. Focusing on all the things you don't have or that you should have takes up too much space in your heart and mind. You can't love your friends and be there for them in the way that you need to be because you're too busy being jealous for what they have. You don't even have the time to appreciate all of your own blessings. That's, that's the truth. If you let it grow and fester, it becomes so big. It takes up so much space that you can't enjoy your life, that you can't enjoy the lives of your loved ones. You can't all grow together and be happy together. There's just no room for it. It will force you to say hurtful things, to find flaws, to look for ways to bring people down. And if you think that bringing people down around you doesn't somehow affect you, you're not really seeing what's happening. So I, I think we'll take a quick little break right here. So we'll be gone for just about two minutes and I'll be right back. Black woman in the room. 
And so because of that, they won't make room for you at the table. Last year, I went to an event. Um, the event was about, you know, just being a, being a black woman, having a successful career, trying to move forward in your career, the challenges we face, how we can support each other. And there was a panel a panel of successful black women, each of them sharing their stories, giving us in the audience pointers on the things we can do, the allies that we would need to make or find in order to move forward. And the importance of leaning on each other because there are so few of us. And it was a great talk and it was a great panel and I was, you know, so fully invested because this is my, my everyday life. And at the end of the discussion, you know, like many of these panel type events, a few of us went to the front of the room to ask some of the panelists questions. So I was waiting to speak to this woman and there were uh, two women, she was talking to one person and then there was another person waiting and then me. And she finished with the first person and she welcomed the second. Oh my God, hi, shook her hand. Thank you so much for coming. What did you think? So warm and, you know, and they had a, a nice little uh, discussion. They went back and forth for a few minutes and then finished. And now it was my turn. So I stepped forward a little bit and she looks at me and gives you that look, which I'm sure many of you have felt, right? You can feel when someone is like sizing you up, looking you up and down and quickly trying to make a decision about who you are. And she did that. Maybe it took all of three seconds. And instead of reaching out her hand to shake my hand, she actually put it up and said, you're going to need to give me a minute. And she just turned around, like fully 180 degrees turned to talk to someone that was behind her, someone who wasn't even waiting to speak to her. So I stood there at the front of this room in front of all these people, extremely embarrassed and trying to figure out what just happened and how do I navigate this thing? Like there was a lot of eyes on me in this moment. What do I do? So I pulled out my phone, read an email, tried to give her a little time, assuming that maybe this other conversation she chose to have before speaking with me was really important. Well, after about a full five minutes, which is a significant amount of time when you're feeling embarrassed, I realized that she was not going to turn back around she had decided that she did not want to speak with me. So I took my stuff, I walked away, grabbed my bag, left the room. And I was so hurt by it. I don't, I think it's because I'm usually a very thick skinned person, but I think that the amount of sharing that was happening in the room at the time, the amount of vulnerability that was being, you know, exposed or put on display really made me take my natural guard down and 
you know, we were being so open about how difficult it is to feel unsupported at work. And in this moment, someone who was leading that discussion chose to do the very same thing to me for reasons I will probably never know, right? I won't ever know what decision she made about who I was in those three seconds, but whatever it was, it was enough to make her feel like she needed to embarrass me in that moment and not speak with me. This is, this is the ugliness of jealousy because sometimes we're jealous of people and we don't even, we don't even know them. We don't even know if the decisions we're making about them are real, but we let that jealousy lead us. We let that jealousy make our choices. And with everything going on today, there's an emphasis on calling other races out, right? We're calling other groups out to take responsibility for the things they've done or not done. Well, I think it's important for us to look at ourselves as well, right? For as many sisters as there are lifting us up, we have to also acknowledge the ones that are tearing us down, right? The, the Candace Owenses of the world, people who hate themselves so much that they stand in the way of the advancement of people who look like them. It's a sad reality. And that's where the saying crabs in a barrel comes from, right? It's a belief that is rooted in the idea that if I can't have it, neither can you. It comes from this behavior that I guess is seen, um, seen in crabs when they are trapped in a bucket, right? If you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, one of them will eventually find its way to climbing and getting close to escaping the bucket. But the rest of them will do whatever they can to undermine that crab and pull it back in. It's the kind of thinking that leads to just the overall demise of, of a group. I want to take a look at the movie Us, right? Us is a, a horror movie that came out in 2019, directed and written by Jordan Peele. Uh, the film stars Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke, you know, completely awesome actors. Lupita wowed us, uh, you know, years ago in 12 Years a Slave, and we recently fell in love with Winston Duke um, in his role as Mbaka in Black Panther. So, again, as I said last week, right, when we ask to see more of ourselves on the screen, we have to support the people who are making it happen. And Jordan Peele is considered a, uh, a modern-day Alfred Hitchcock, right? A black man. So it's important that we support these films. And, you know, after seeing us, I mean, there's so much, there's so much to talk about, <laughs> similar to his other film, Get Out. Um, I think Jordan Peele at this point is kind of known for peppering his films with all of these hidden messages, right? Leaving it to the audience to decipher them. That's kind of the joy in watching his work. And one of the ones that really resonated with me 
speaks directly to this idea, right? This crab mentality that is just drenched in jealousy. When, when I talk about movies and TV shows, I always try to do my best not to give too much away. I think it's going to be a little bit harder um, with this film or maybe even impossible, but I will, I will try. And either way, I think you'll still want to see it if you haven't. Um, the story is about Adelaide Wilson, who was played by, by Lupita, and her family. They are attacked by a group of doppelgangers. And this whole story is set in motion when, um, when Adelaide, as a young girl, goes to a fun house. She's at this, you know, peer board situation with her family, and she chooses to go into this fun house that's filled with mirrors. And while she's in there, she meets a doppelganger of herself. So the premise in this story is that everyone on, everyone on Earth, or everyone who's walking the Earth, has a doppelganger of themselves below. And the doppelgangers have been watching, right? They've been watching the other versions of themselves walk through life with all these luxuries, all these things that they want but don't have. And when Adelaide's doppelganger sees her, she doesn't think to say, hey, please help me. You know, can you take me with you? My life here is terrible. Or you seem to have it all. Can I just go with you? Is there room for me? No, that is not, that is not her initial thought. Her way of surviving meant switching places. She would have to replace Adelaide. And Adelaide would have to go down to her hell and live in her shoes in order for there to be room enough for her up top. She had to take everything away from her so that she could be in her spot, be in her happy place. And I just, I find that so interesting, right? These moments when we can't see past our own jealousy. We can't think rationally about how we all can win. Instead, we think there has to be a winner and there has to be a loser. So someone has to lose in order for me to win. Now, I'm not saying, you know, that everyone is like this. I'm not even saying that a majority of people are like this. I'm just saying that those of us who are like this will suffer for it. And we will make the people around us suffer as well. Jealousy serves no one. You can't bring your best to any relationship if you envy the other person. Trust me, they may not say it. They may not call you out and say, hey, stop being jealous or you're acting jealous right now, but they feel it. And every negative interaction builds upon the last. Until one day you realize that person is gone. The relationship isn't what, what it was and you don't know why. Well, if you don't know why, look at yourself. Think about whether or not you were a supportive friend 
a friend capable of truly being happy for the people around you. Jealousy kills friendships. And more often than not, you never talk about it. Because it's just so ugly and no one wants to admit it. Being able to call yourself out would go a really long way. What would it cost you to tell a friend, I'm sorry. I realize now that I wasn't really there for you because I couldn't stop thinking about myself and the things I felt I wanted. But I see it now and I want to do better. I will do better. It's, you know, it's easy. Yeah, it's a little humbling, right? You know, you have to put your pride aside a little bit, but it will save your relationship. Sometimes when we have a relationship with someone, we get so used to the dynamics as they are. You know, I'm the successful one in this friendship. I'm the pretty one in this friendship. I'm the one who always has the boyfriend in this friendship. I'm the one who gets all the attention. I'm the one who gets all the girls' numbers when we go out. I'm the one who drives a nice car. I'm the most athletic one. We get so used to these roles or these dynamics because that's what they were when the friendship started. But as people, we are always growing. We are always changing and evolving. So it's only natural that things shift. I think the test of a true friendship is whether or not the relationship can survive that shift because it will shift. Things always change. That's just life. You can't make it any other way. Things are changing every day. I'm a huge fan of, of the show Insecure on HBO. And again, another black show that needs our support, right? Show creator and star Issa Rae is phenomenal. She is telling black stories that are relatable especially for for women or you know not even just women for for people my age this age range right like in our 30s she's telling our stories we're seeing them on the screen and this season you know which ended last night has just been amazing keeping me glued to my tv and on the edge of my seat i think so often when we think of these life changing breakups or relationships, we usually think of, of romantic ones. But in actuality, some of the relationships we learn the most from are the ones we have with our friends. And this season, you know, we see these two women who have been the best of friends reach a crossroad. And they have to decide if they are going to continue together or not.
what's more interesting to me than whether or not they will continue to be friends is why this breakdown happened in the first place. You know, in my opinion, we're seeing this rift because the dynamics are changing. Issa's character, you know, was typically kind of all over the place. And um, when it came to her career, she, like, knew what she was passionate about but couldn't really define it or explain it or figure out how to, you know, make money with it. And Molly, her friend, is this successful lawyer, right? She's a lawyer. She's got this fabulous apartment, drives a fancy car, wears these fancy clothes. And that's just, that's how we met them. When the show started, that's what was happening. You know, that's the relationship they had. But this season, Issa found a way to turn her passion into into a career, right? She found a direction. She found a purpose and a way to, um, and a, a way for her to be seen and heard. And her friend Molly couldn't handle that. Mostly because she was doing it without her. She was becoming this other person, this responsible person who had, you know, lists and, and things that she was checking off to make something happen. She was all of a sudden focused and he was meeting other people who probably because they didn't know her in the beginning, they didn't know her as someone who was all over the place, really believed in her vision and understood what she was trying to do. And they didn't minimize it, right? They could see it and they were, they wanted to help. Whereas her friend who has kind of been along her journey all this time, wasn't willing to provide that level of support or truly believe in her vision because oh, I know you, this is what you do. You have ideas. You don't really turn them into anything. And this is what always happens. And then just like that, things start to break down. Communication suffers. Feelings are hurt. And all of a sudden, this friendship that was so strong before is now on life support. How many times have you found yourself in that situation? Your friendship is dying or has died, and you couldn't figure out why. My suggestion is to try and find that insecurity that grew into jealousy and was topped off with some selfishness. You know, when we talked about sisterhood, I mentioned this awesome speech that Gabrielle Union gave, where she admitted to dancing on the pain and misfortune of her fellow Black actresses. It's a real thing. You just have to be courageous enough to admit it. At this stage in our lives, that's the only way to stop this green monster, this disease from taking over. Acknowledging it, calling it out, and choosing to think differently. 
how much happier would you be if instead of letting your friend's blessings force you into jealousy, you found a way to focus on the happiness you feel from seeing your friends happy? It's not hard. It's a choice. Choose to share in their joy instead of letting their joy be a reminder of something you're sad about. Prior to um, working at Google, I was an event planner and I planned a lot of weddings. The overwhelming consensus from brides post-wedding about what they wish they could have done differently is have less bridesmaids or no bridesmaids. There's something about a group of women coming together to celebrate another woman's happiness that always brings out the worst in at least one of them. <laughs> and I mean, sometimes it brings out the worst in the time. But either way, without fail, it brings out the worst in someone. And this comes from our inability to be so up close and personal to someone else's joy without focusing on why we don't have that same specific joy. But all of our lives are different. We are not meant to have the same journey. We do not have the same story. Our circumstances, our experiences are different. The players in our life are different. If someone in your life is able to be there with you as you celebrate anything, you know, a new home, the arrival of a child, a new relationship, a new job, marriage, whatever it is, how could you then turn around and be unable to celebrate with them when it's their turn? How do you not show up? How do you not take the time to let this moment be about them? Why must you find a way to remind people that you experienced this too? Okay, but today's not about you. You are just here to show love and celebrate this person. It's their day. It's their time. You know, I really see jealousy sometimes as an act of selfishness. Because now instead of allowing the person to be in the moment and be happy about what's going on with them, you want to make them talk about what's, what's wrong with so-and-so or why does she seem upset or why does he seem like something's wrong? We're supposed to be celebrating. You want them to remember the time you experienced this while they're supposed to be in the moment experiencing it for themselves? You already had it. You already experienced this, right? Now it's their turn. And don't worry. The fact that it's their turn doesn't mean that it'll never be your turn again. Your time will come back around. It's just not today. You have to be able to look beyond yourself. That way of, of being is just, it's not sustainable. And if you can find a way to sustain it, there, there won't be room for much else.
call me crazy, but I want to live in a world where we are all living our best lives. Not to say that everything is perfect, right? But that we're so confident and self-aware that we can handle the ups and downs that life comes with. Can I say something? Sure. (laughs) Someone says, tell the balloon story. The green monster came out. And somebody else is saying, no, the same person said, my sister-in-law's best friend of years lost it when she had an important surgery that changed her physical appearance. She stopped talking to her overnight. Wow. Somebody else says, great show. Somebody else says, good stuff. Okay. And that's it so far. Go ahead. Okay. I'm trying to think what the balloon story is, but it's escaping me right now. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. Maybe it'll come to me. Um, oh, I know yeah. what that is. I know. <laughs> okay. I, I'm going to have to take a few minutes of, of your time. Okay. <laughs> that person I know, we went to a store. It was December 31st. And we went to Party City because we were having a few people over. And when we got there, that's like... By, 20 years ago, maybe 15, oh, wow. 18 years ago. And then when we went in there, we saw someone walking out with a bunch of balloons. We just looked at each other. We, we smiled and we said, we know. So we walked up to the counter and said, you see these balloons that this lady just had, just left with? Can we have a few? They made it for us and we paid $75 for it. We went outside. We got to the car. We opened the door, girl, the balloons flew in the air. (laughs) I remember this now. (laughs) We just looked at each other and we understood never, ever to let that happen to us again. Yeah, being jealous for what somebody else had. (laughs) We were we we were uh, um, ashamed for the longest to even talk about it. I remember that. <laughs> you know, it's 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 mm-hmm. true. So often we let jealousy creep in and and force us to do things that we wouldn't normally do. Right? Take mm-hmm. us out of ourselves. Make us act like someone else. When really, if we just if we tweaked it, if we tweaked our thought process, we could find ways to just really be there for each other, loving and supporting one another. And and that's my wish for all, all the little ones around me, all the little kids that I'm seeing growing up right now, for their world to be filled with balanced people, right? But in order for that to happen, we have to teach these kids to be comfortable in their own skin to be happy with who they are and what they have and willing to work towards who they want to be and what they want to one day have. I, um, I did a Google search just to see, right? I typed in how to stop being jealous. And actually a lot of articles came up and, and most of them had very similar steps that I wanted to share with everyone. First being, consider your insecurities, 
right? Figure out what it is you're insecure about that is making you feel this way about this person's achievements or this person's accomplishments or their possessions. Build your own self-esteem up. Stop comparing yourself to others. Own your jealousy. And then find happiness in yourself and reclaim your power over your emotions. You don't have to let those emotions drive you. It's not an easy task, but your relationships will be better and you will feel better. I went to a Tony Robbins workshop a few years ago, and one of the best examples that he gave was that when um, when race car drivers who had been in really bad accidents on the track were interviewed, many of them said the same thing, right? When they got to that point where they felt themselves losing control of their car, they started to focus on not hitting the wall. But in focusing on not hitting the wall, you are actually focusing on the wall. So you hit it. It's that simple. If you can't see what's happening in your friends' lives without thinking about what's not happening in your life, that becomes the focus. So you just keep making choices that lead you to those things not happening in your life. If you shifted that focus onto what matters, right? If you embrace the joy that came with your friend's accomplishment, all of a sudden, your focus is joy. So you make choices that attract more joy in your life. I mean, I'm sure it's harder to practice in real life, but, you know, easier said than done, but it can be done. I've been there. Sometimes you want something so bad, all you can think about is why, why don't I have this? But change the narrative. Make it all about the things you do love about yourself. Focus on all that you've been able to accomplish. And all of a sudden, you can see the forest through the trees, right? You can see the path to all the things that you still want to achieve. So my challenge to you this week is to pay attention to those jealous and envious feelings when they came up. Notice it. Call a thing a thing. If it's a jealous feeling, then call it that. Own it. And then change the trajectory of that thought, right? Allow yourself to be happy for whoever is having a moment right now. Celebrate them. Allow yourself to feel motivated by them to go after the things you want for yourself. A bigger challenge, if you're feeling brave, is to reach out to a friend that you've been jealous of in the past. Own up to it. Apologize for not allowing that moment to truly be about them. Tell them how happy you are for them even though you didn't properly express it in that moment. If you can do that, your bravery might inspire them to share a time that they too let jealousy lead and did not show you the love and support that you deserved. It can only make your friendship stronger.
If you have a friend that you think would have enjoyed today's topic, please let them know the show will replay on Wednesday at 6 p.m. Next week, I'll be talking about anxiety and, and how to navigate through that. So please mark your calendars for next Monday at 6 p.m. here on Radio Africa 1804. In the meantime, if you have any more thoughts, comments, or questions about what I talked about today, please feel free to message me directly on Facebook at Lori Lee Camo or on Instagram at Lori Lee underscore. Thank you for listening.